Today we conclude our Advent series. And no matter what church denomination or tradition you are most familiar with, over the past few weeks, we've come to the agreement that we can know for sure that the virtues of hope, love, joy, and peace are important in the Christmas story as well as in our daily walk with Christ. And so that's why we've been focusing on these four themes throughout this month. And last week, as a visual reminder, I lit the candles of hope, love, and joy. And I light these candles again today, but I also want to light a new candle. And this new candle is a symbol, is a representation of peace. It should come as no surprise that the Bible has a lot to say about peace. In fact, depending on your translation, the word peace appears between 200 and 400 times in the Bible. So it's not a topic that is an afterthought, brushed to the side. It's right in the thick of things. And speaking of peace, one of the things that I love most about Christmas is all the nativity scenes. They come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. But the thing that they all have in common is that they are all so peaceful. It's hard to imagine a more peaceful scene than Joseph and Mary, after all the work, after all the travel, after all the concerns, Joseph and Mary with their newborn child surrounded by sheep and shepherds under a midnight sky. We even sing about it and one of the most peaceful Christmas carols ever written. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round John Virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. We all long for peace in our lives, and yet peace is one of those things that is sorely lacking in our world. People are full of worry and anxiety. Relationships are full of conflict and stress. The world is full of problems. The world is full of wars and rumors of wars, but that's where Jesus comes in. Because Jesus doesn't just give hope, love, and joy at Christmas. He is also our peace. And it is only in Christ that we will ever truly obtain peace on earth. 
It makes me think of this quote by Bill Bright. There will never be agreement at the peace tables of the world or rest in the individual heart until the prince of peace reigns supreme in the hearts of men. So that is what the Advent candle of peace is all about today. Part of the Christmas story, part of the Christmas message is that Jesus brings us peace. We'll be looking at four aspects of that peace that Jesus brings this morning. We're going to look at the fact that Jesus brings peace with God. Jesus brings peace with self. Jesus brings peace with others. And ultimately, Jesus will bring peace on earth. So let us begin by talking about how Jesus brings peace with God. And I believe this is a message that all of us Christians need to be reminded of. And if you're anything like me, you can oftentimes be your own worst critic. Your own worst critic. And and we can get to the point where we wonder how God could even love a wretch like us. But Romans 5.1 says this, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice here we aren't naturally at peace with God. The Bible paints a picture that we originally were at peace with God, but then sin entered the picture and it caused a break. It caused a division. It's only through Jesus and faith in him that we are brought back together at one man. That's where the word atonement comes from. When God first sent that angel Gabriel to Mary, he sent Gabriel with a message of peace. We read in Luke 1, 26 through 30, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. So initially, Mary was troubled by this angel's greeting, but the angel spoke words of peace and assurance to her, telling her not to be afraid assuring her that she had found favor with God. You might wonder, how did Mary find this favor? What special thing did she do? What special prayer did she pray? You know, the only way that Mary found peace with God is the only way that any of us can find peace with God She had faith in God and his promise of the Messiah to come. 
She didn't have to do anything. She didn't have to say anything particular. It was about faith. It was about acceptance. Like so many Old Testament believers before her, she had faith in Christ even before he came. And now God had chosen her to be the vessel through which his son would come in to this earth. And God also sent an angel to Joseph, Mary's husband-to-be. And the angel had a message for Joseph as well. We see that in Matthew 121. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus actually means salvation. Jesus was given this name because he was the promised savior. The one all the prophecies were about in the Old Testament, the one who would bring us peace and bring us into a saving relationship with our Lord and creator. When John the Baptist was born three months before Jesus, John's son, or John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied about John. And in his prophecy, he spoke about how John would go before Jesus, preparing the way for this one who would bring us peace with God through forgiveness of our sins. Here's Zechariah's words about John the Baptist in Luke 1. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. How did Jesus do this? Why is it that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus finds peace with God? It's because of what Jesus did at the cross. Jesus was born into this world to die on the cross so our sins could be forgiven and we could be restored to a right relationship of peace with our God and maker. As we read in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's the first and most important thing the Advent candle of peace reminds us at Christmas time. Jesus brings peace with God. The next thing it reminds us of is this. Jesus brings peace with self. Sin not only separates us from God, sin also brings separation with our own being. We're conflicted beings. We're constantly fighting anxiety and stress and inner turmoil. We desperately need inner peace. And Jesus came not to only give us peace with God, but also personal peace within ourselves. A few weeks back, we talked about 
Simeon. God had promised Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. And wouldn't you know it, the Holy Spirit led Simeon to go into the temple courts just as Mary and Joseph were bringing the infant Jesus into the temple. So we read in Luke 2 that Simeon took Jesus into his arms and he praised God saying these words, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Simeon is a wonderful example of Jesus bringing about a personal peace. We sometimes talk about bucket lists, right? All those things that we would like to do before our time on this earth ends. And and so Simeon had a bucket list, but there was only one thing left on that bucket list. He wanted to see the Messiah before he died. And when he finally did, when he finally saw Jesus, that was all he needed. He praised God and said, you now dismiss your servant in peace. It reminds me of Paul before he died, right? I've, I've, I've finished the race. I've run the course. Simeon embraced Christ and was at peace within himself. When you put your faith in Jesus, you don't just receive peace with God. You also receive a peace within yourself. Even as you deal with the difficult circumstances of life, when you know Christ, everything can be going crazy around you and you can still have that peace from within. Philippians 4 instructs us, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to to make sense. But that doesn't mean you can't experience it. The peace that comes from Jesus is much like the love that comes from Jesus. We're often left wondering why. Why would this be given to me? Notice that this wonderful peace of God is only available in and through Jesus Christ. The Bible says the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Hear these beautiful words from Jesus in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus not only brings peace with God, he also brings peace with self. Yet his peace, as great as it is, doesn't stop right there with those two. Jesus also brings peace with others. 
We can have amended relationship with God. We can have amended relationship with ourselves. And we can have amended relationship with the people in our lives. We have a wonderful example of this early on in the Christmas story. When Joseph first heard that Mary was pregnant, we see that he considered breaking off the engagement. He must have been terribly hurt. He must have been confused and and left wondering why Mary had been unfaithful to him before they had really even truly begun their life together. But then we read in Matthew 1, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Something supernatural is going on here. If Mary was pregnant with any other child, Joseph would have most likely broken off the engagement, but this wasn't any other child. This was Jesus. This was the son of God. This was a supernatural pregnancy. And so Jesus, before he was even born, brought peace between Joseph and Mary and kept their marriage from unraveling and coming apart before it truly even began. You know, we go through many challenges in this life, and one of the the greatest challenges we face are challenges with the relationships in our life. Whether they are with a spouse, whether they are with family, whether they are with friends. Relationship turmoil tends to exacerbate every other turmoil that we might find ourselves within. And that's when we need to ask Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come and bring us peace in our relationships, to to intervene, to reconcile, to restore. We read this about Jesus in Ephesians 2.14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now, you've heard me preach over the past number of years many times about the fact that Jesus came to break down barriers, to knock down walls, to bridge gaps, to bring people together, and to restore peace to our damaged relationships. As believers in Christ, we are called to follow in his footsteps. As Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. Oh yes, and don't forget, be thankful. So, so far, This morning, we've seen that Jesus brings peace with God, with ourselves, with others. And then finally, so that we can be sure that we are continuing as we've done in the other sermons in this series to tie the first advent with the second advent, we see that Jesus will bring peace on earth. The angels who announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds that first Christmas Eve also proclaimed peace 
the peace that Jesus would bring upon this planet. We read in Luke 2, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is a peace that was prophesied all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back in the book of Isaiah. We read this wonderful prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah 2.4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now some people might ask, how do we know? that Isaiah was talking about Jesus specifically as being the one to bring peace and not just God in general. Well, if you flip forward a a, a few chapters from here to Isaiah chapter nine, we find these words about who will ultimately bring peace on earth. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is, in my opinion, a pretty clear prophecy about Jesus, who was born as a child, who will be called the Prince of Peace, and who will one day rule in peace over all the earth. But it gets even better than that. Because this peace on earth will not only bring an end to the wars amongst nations, but it will extend to nature and to the animal kingdom. We read in Isaiah 11, 6 through 9, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young one shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. A flood of knowledge concerning God and the peace, the joy, the love, and the hope that he offers through Jesus. Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace. But it gets even better than that because the Bible tells us that not only will Jesus bring peace to this earth, but he will bring peace to the whole universe when he reconciles all things to himself in heaven and on earth. We read in Colossians 1, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
And this verse in Colossians brings us right back to where we started. The reason Jesus brings peace with God, peace with self, peace with others, and peace on earth all goes back to the cross. It all goes back to the cross. Without Jesus shedding his blood on the cross, there would be no hope for peace. And without Jesus being born as a baby at Christmas, there would be no cross. With all of that in mind, can I ask you a few questions here this morning? Do you have peace with God today? Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins so that you could be forgiven and that you could know that you are reconciled with your Lord and creator. Jesus died so that you could find comfort in the fact that your relationship with God has been restored. If your faith is in Christ, then you can have peace with God. Do you have peace with yourself today? Once again, if your faith is in Christ, then Jesus has not abandoned you, but has come to live in you through his Holy Spirit. And when you look at that person in the mirror, and maybe you don't like what you see, when you look at your past, when you look at your present and you don't like the things that you think or say or do, realize that you are the home of the Holy Spirit of God. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see that same person that we get so caught up with hating and despising and ridiculing. Instead, he sees a son or a daughter of the king. He offers you peace. Do you have peace with others today? If your faith is in Christ, then he's given you all the resources that you need to do your part in living in peaceful relationship with others with all of those around you. And after you've done your part, we've all got a part to play in relationships. It's a two-way street. But after we've done our part, we can ask Jesus in prayer to work in the other person's heart that they may desire to live in peace with us as well. And finally, I ask this question, do we have peace on earth today? I wish it were true. I wish that we did. We don't have peace yet, but we have a promise from God that there will be peace. And as we've seen Sabbath after Sabbath, sermon after sermon, Bible reading after Bible reading, that God is the type of God who keeps his promises. He hasn't broken one yet, and so because of that, we can have hope that there will soon be peace on earth and in the universe at large. 
The angels proclaimed to the shepherds that first Christmas Eve, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Those words of promise still ring in the air this Christmas season. As we worship and adore the Lord Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace. Will you bow your heads with me? Our loving, gracious, heavenly Father, you are the God who gives peace. That first Christmas when you sent your Son, you sent the one who is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting and Prince of Peace. Even the angels cried out, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels knew your purpose. They know and experience the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace that Christmas holds. They recognize that the fullness of God was wrapped in the tiny flesh of an infant as you humbled yourself and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us as the baby Jesus. But Lord, that baby would grow to be the same God-man, Jesus, who would again humble himself to face death on a cruel cross as payment for our sins, as a gift to all. He would triumphantly defeat sin and death in order to cancel our sin debt and to reconcile us to you, dear Father. You exalted him. You gave him a name above all names. Every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth must bow to the name of Jesus. The winds and the waves obey him. He rules and reigns as king over all. No situation or circumstance that we might find ourselves in are a match for Jesus. We're able to have the fullness of peace in our hearts on Christmas Day and every day. Because that same Jesus sits at your right hand in heaven and makes intercession for us. He loves us with a love we don't understand. It's unfathomable. But nothing can separate us from that love. So, Father, we pray that you keep us in perfect peace as our mind is stayed on the truth of your powerful love. Thank you for your mighty sovereign hand. Help us, Lord, to trust fully in you and to rest in the peace that you offer. We ask these things and we pray that you will help them to be our experience because it's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen and amen. In conclusion with this sermon series and the Christmas season, I will blow out these physical flames with the belief and the hope that the spiritual flames will continue to burn in all of our hearts today and through this week and into the new year. May you all find and experience hope, love, joy, and peace as it is in Jesus. And when you find it, Share it.